Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17. I hope you'll just turn there. And while you're turning there, I hope you'll shout, God, you're amazing. You are amazing, outstanding. The overused word, awesome. You are magnificent and you are holy and you are mighty and you are the God that was and the God that is and the God that is to come. You are Jehovah Sidkenu. You are my righteousness. Jehovah Makedesh, my holiness. Jehovah Isus Hakaboth. I got you on that one, didn't I? Jehovah Isus Hakaboth, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Is anybody glad that the God that was fighting with you has moved you out the way and has become the God who now fights for you? It's God ahead of you and God behind you. It's Jehovah above you and Jesus beneath you. It's Jehovah Shalom. It is Jehovah Makedesh. It is Jehovah Rafika that has given me the power today to stand before you, healed of vocal cord cancer. Thought I'd never take a microphone again. Thought I'd never have a Bible again. I just need somebody in this quiet church to know God is amazing. He brought me out, the old folks you say. He brought me out the miry clay. White folks said he brought me out of the miry clay. But the rest of us say he brought me out the miry clay. Shout that. He brought me out the miry clay. I think if you say it again, you might get happy about it. Go ahead. He brought me the miry clay. Everybody together on three. One, two, three. Are you glad to be out? But a letter is not delivered when it leaves your hand. A letter is only delivered when it shows up at its appointed destination. Is anybody ready to go where you've never been? Anybody ready to see what you've never seen? Anybody ready to hear some things that you've never heard? Because God is amazing. I believe the best kept secret in all the world is how amazing our God is. How he stood on nothing because there was nothing to stand on and declared words there was nobody there to hear. How he said light be and at 186,000 miles per second expanding exponentially in every direction light is still going. Can I submit to you why? Because he never said light stop. He is not a man that he should lie. I like this best of all. God, here's how I know he's amazing. God is not, underline, highlight, emoji, smiley face. God is not a man. I thought I'd get more ladies shouting than that. Someone, somebody that's really, really glad God's not a man, go ahead and shout in that high-pitched shout. He is not a man. Men will fail you. <laughs> Men will disappoint you. Sometimes they'll walk out on you. Often they'll cheat on you. Often they won't tell you the truth. Often they'll hide in secret. Often they won't perform on their promises. But I've got great news for you today. God is amazing because God is not 
a man. Now your Bible continues and says, God is not a man that he should lie. Therefore, God does not possess truth. The Bible does not contain truth. God does not possess truth. The Bible does not contain truth. The Bible is truth because God cannot lie. It's not that God won't lie. It's that it is impossible. God is so amazing that it is inherently, as a part of his nature, impossible for him to lie. He looked at that woman bent over for 17 years and said, woman, I know you think Pastor Jakes was the first one that said it, but actually Jesus said, Jesus said, woman, thou art loosed. Pastor Jakes called me one time. He said, he said, Rod, I moved to Dallas and now I've got this big old church and the television industry and everything. And he said, he said, you got to tell me how to do this. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I never knew when I pastored so many people that so many of them would be women. And, and there just seemed to be so many problems. I just, they're calling me all the time with their problems. I said, hey, bro, you the one loosed them. He said, no, no, that was Jesus. <laughs> so Jesus looked at that woman and said, Woman, thou art. Come on, shout it big enough. Woman, thou art. But she wasn't. She was still bent over. You didn't hear me. He called you saved. Sozo, done well by in every area and station of life, spirit, soul, and body, and in all that pertains to life and godliness. He called you healed before you ever came out of your mother's womb. Why? Because he abides in the ever-present tense. Therefore, what he says becomes because it is the debar of God. The word of God is not a description of the thing. You see, I have on a blue bracelet. Why do I wear a blue bracelet? Because I can. It's Autism Awareness Month, and so we celebrate and we light it up blue. In fact, next Sunday morning, we want everyone in lighted up blue. Okay, we're going to celebrate and we're going to praise God that he is giving a cure and a healing and a deliverance to every person afflicted on the autism spectrum disorder, on that spectrum of autism spectrum disorders, and PDD and ADD and ADHD and every other alphabet soup you want to throw at it because we have a name because God is amazing. He has a name above every name, Jehovah, Joshua, Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And at his name, every knee must bow and every tongue confess. So I've got a blue wristband. We'll call it a wristband, not a bracelet, because I don't get my nails did. Okay, so, so we've got a, a blue wristband. Okay, everybody say that's a blue wristband. Well, that's a description, isn't it? They're words, but they're only a description. God's words are never the description of a thing. God's words 
are the thing. That means if God says light, it's light and there is no darkness at all. That means if God says to you that he makes you wealthy and adds no sorrow with it, then God makes you wealthy and it doesn't make you cry over it. Are you listening to me? If God said you're healed, then you are healed. That's the reason Isaiah 53, 5, he was wounded for, am I boring you? He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace laid upon him, and with and by his stripes we were healed, Isaiah 53, 5. But when you get over to 1 Peter 2, 24, and Peter is re-quoting that, he no longer says, with his stripes we were healed. He says, with his stripes we are healed. Because the word had become flesh, dwelt among us, we beheld his glory as of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. So he not only possesses truth, he is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Now the problem with modern church folk is they don't understand the difference between a fact and truth. A fact is a statement of what is. Truth is a statement of what was, is, and is to come. I wish I had half a church in here because if you can get God to say it, he's so amazing that whatever he says is because his word is the thing, not a description of the thing. So when God says you're healed, he's not describing your healing, he's declaring its decree, its ordinance, its statute. Okay, all right, here we go. Uh, I'm to the text now. Deuteronomy 10, 17. Your God is the God of gods. Your God is the Lord of lords, the great and the mighty and the amazing God. For those of you who need a New Testament counterpart, let me be theologically correct for you. Luke chapter 5, verse 26. Everyone was gripped. This is the time when they brought a cat and they, and they carried him. Four men carried him on a stretcher. They couldn't get into Jesus' crusade, so they went up on top of the convention center and they lowered him down. Now this is the response of the people as when he came into the presence of the Lord Jesus, he was healed. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things. I'm gonna give you 12 seconds. If you've ever seen God do an amazing thing, you've got 12 seconds to make all the commotion you can possibly make right now. Okay, there's some folk not standing, some folk not clapping. I don't see anybody spinning. 
Would you like to be to bring up here a young man who was born without a brain? Nothing but a brain stem, but now he has a fully functioning brain. Would that make you get up and shout? Would that make you praise him? Would that make you say, he has done amazing things? You can be seated. There was a town alcoholic and he got stumbling through the woods and he he came upon a baptismal service. Now that's the way I got baptized in a creek, not a crick. A crick is what you get in your neck, a creek. And in that creek, we had to break ice off of the creek to get down in the water to be baptized. And so that's how I was baptized. Well, out in the woods in a creek. And this alcoholic fella, he, he stumbled upon a similar baptism service and he stumbled all the way out in the water and he bumped into the preacher. And the preacher was overcome by the smell of alcohol all over him. So he grabbed him by the shirt and he said, Sir, have you found Jesus? And the, the fellow said, well, no, I haven't found Jesus. So the pastor grabbed him and he, down in the water he went and brought him back up. And he said, now, have you found Jesus? And the fellow said, no, I haven't found Jesus. So the pastor got a little agitated, held him down a little bit longer, pulled him up. Now, have you found Jesus? Uh, no, no, sir, I've not found Jesus. Now he's really agitated. He's backing up the line. And so he holds him down and it waits till he starts flailing with his arms and kicking with his legs. And he pulls him back up and says, under God, man, have you found Jesus now? He said, no, sir, I haven't found him. Are you sure this is where you saw him fall in? I'm about to quit on y'all. I'm about to quit on y'all. Martin Luther, the great leader of the Protestant Reformation, which we're celebrating the 500th year anniversary of, said this, baptism is no human plaything, but it is instituted by God himself, not to be regarded with indifference, but as of great importance, excellent and glorious. Romans chapter six, verse three. Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism. Shove your neighbor and say, I didn't know I was going to a funeral. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, get ready to shout, even so we also being raised with him should walk in the newness of life. Baptism has a purpose, my dear brother and sister, that is worthy of its institution. Jesus laid the whole thing out in the Great Commission over in Matthew's Gospel, uh, chapter 28. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, watch me, in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit. So this is the command of Jesus. This is not optional. This is not flexible. Not only did Jesus give that command, but before this, he gave us his own example. If Jesus needed it, cases are pretty good. You and I need it. Jesus' example was in Matthew 3, where that long, lean Galilean standing on top of the hillside came strolling down John the Baptist in camel's hair, eating wild honey and locusts, was baptizing. John's baptism. John gets a twinge running up and down his spine, looks over his shoulder, and sure enough, the Lamb of God, the Prince of Heaven, the very best that heaven has to offer. And John baptized the Lord Jesus in the Jordan River. And the Bible said heaven opened and a dove descended. And a voice spoke out of heaven and said, This is my beloved son. Hold on. Hear ye him. A whole lot of folk are gonna die today. A whole lot of stuff's gonna find its end at the bottom of a watery grave. And when they come back up out that water, just like Jesus kicked the end out of that tomb, God is going to say of every one of them and regarding every one of you who have ever followed the Lord Christ in water baptism, he says to you today and to these newbies, if you will, that are going to be water baptized today, that he's about to put a word in your mouth and he's about to give the ears of your world to your voice. I wish I had half a church in here today because water baptism is not a ritual. It's not a rite. It's not something to be entered into unadvisedly. Something powerful, something profound, something prophetic is about to happen. Uh, come up here, Amanda and Fios. Hurry, hurry, hurry. I'm, I want you to help me. I want you to help me. H how long have you been married? Five years. Wedding anniversary in Pakistan. This you had your anniversary in Pakistan this week. Yes. Well, happy anniversary. So you were married five years ago, and I imagine it went something like this. Would you take your bride's hand and stand before me, please? And do you? I do. Do you? I do. Uh, to which she responds, you better. And then, and then to cherish and love and, and all that. So help you God, right? Because it takes God. And then you, and then you took rings. And, and, and someone said, now this ring is a never ending circle. Mm -hmm. It is made out of precious metal. It indicates to us the continuing love of God. It indicates to her that you seal yourself to her, to be a husband to her, 
to protect her and care for her for the rest of your lives. And then we do the same thing with her ring, you see. You see. It is an outward expression of the inward work that we believe the Holy Spirit to do in your life. Watch me to make the two of you one. Hmm. He merged identity. Merged identity. You. Identity not anymore. Your identity not anymore. You're erased. Only as you find yourself in her and she in you. Are you, amen? I'm preaching good? Would, would this go over in Pakistan? Okay. So, so, then we have you turn and we face the whole congregation, you see. And, and I say, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Fias and Amanda, husband and wife, for the very first time, watch, before God and all these witnesses. Why is marriage important? Why do we have witnesses? Why? For the example of the covenant and the recognition that they have lost themselves in each other. That they are no longer separate. They are a couple. They are one in voice. They are one in purpose. They live together. They walk together. They minister together. They love together. They live together. And so when you are baptized, you are making a public profession in front of all these witnesses that you are no longer your own. You have been bought and purchased with a price not as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of the Lamb of God. And we all celebrate with everyone buried in baptism today because they have become one, not only with Jesus, for the Word said, there is one God, there is one Christ, there is one baptism into one body. So that means I'm in covenant with you, you're in covenant with me, and Christ is the head of us all, and he now wants to use our mouths for the greatest advertisement the world has ever known, that grace still works, Mercy is free, forgiveness is flowing, and Jesus Christ has the power to change your life today. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him glory. Woo! Ah, God. Woo! I wish I had time to read. No advertisement agency has ever been 
as clear in its picture. Never so clear in its demonstration. Never so profound in the communication of its product. No New York ad agency could ever have devised such a plan. God had no billboards. Jesus, no newspaper. There certainly were no TV ads to be purchased. Watch me, and I'm going to parenthetically insert for all you preachers where we've missed it. We have missed it in that we have fallen into the trap of Hollywood and New York City and social media promotion of Christ while the people in our pews are mute and silent. No internet. I told some of the kids from Valor Christian College the other day, they were in working on some social media things and I said, well, y'all don't remember what I remember. I'm 61 and still having fun. I, I remember, I remember when first I heard about something called the information superhighway. A young man who was one of our chief operating officers at the time helped me build this facility. He was telling me that there's coming a time when you will be able from a computer to contact the entire world instantly, where all of the information housed in the great universities, all of the information and research of history in the great museums, and the great libraries of the world, will be available at the click of a button. Now it's available by that little cellular device you have in your hand right now. I told you not long ago, if you don't have Instagram, get it. Uh, if you don't have Twitter, get it. If you don't have Facebook, get it. Don't do Snapchat. If you don't know how to send an email, learn. If you don't know how to instant message, learn. Not so that you can show pictures of your children or what you're having for dinner. If I have to see one more picture of what somebody's having for dinner, I just think I'm going to lose it. I really don't care that you got $2 off diapers. I don't care. I don't tell you to get it so that you can gossip 
I don't tell you to get it so you can be a troll and troll along and just give your little silly negative opinion about everything. I tell you to get it because once you have accepted the risen Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and once you have been buried with him in baptism and raised to life again, he said he would anoint your words. Why do I want you to have it? To preach the glorious gospel of the Prince of Heaven. Preach it loud, preach it long. If you can't do anything else, put scriptures on there. The Word of God is full of power. It's full of life. It's alive with energy. Hallelujah. Give you a testimony. Get on there this afternoon and say, I've been baptized. I'm no longer my own. I'm bought with a price. God lives in me. How can I help you? Send me your prayer requests. I want to pray for you today. Instead of, girl, those shoes, really? And nobody cares. And nobody cares. Why don't you get on there today and say, if you're hurting, I've got a word for you. I'm going to give that word on Facebook Live in 20 minutes. Tell everybody you know that needs encouraged to jump on there right now. Why is it preachers are the only ones doing that? And why is it that we think that's all we have to do? And you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is about to come on you in a mighty and powerful and 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 energetic way today. Something's about to hit the top of these folks' feet head and shoot out the bottom of their feet. They're about to get a Holy Ghost blood transfusion. They're about to realize that they are no longer their own DNA, but they are of the DNA of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they are an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter what their yesterday was, they're having a funeral today for Mr. I used to be and Mrs. That's what they used to say about me and brand new creatures are coming up out of that watery grave today. If you're sick, he'll heal you. If you're depressed, he'll energize you. If you're tormented, he'll set you free. If you're bound and addicted, he'll break every chain. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon. Mm -hmm.